Since everyone has a gender journey, Gender Journeys is a podcast for everyone. That being said, we occasionally touch on mature themes and use strong language, so listener discretion is advised. Relevant content warnings can be found in each episode's description. everyone, and welcome back to Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I'm joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Elle. Hey, y'all. All right. So to start off here, we wanted to talk real quick about... Yeah, yeah. So I did get top surgery. I'm 13 days post-op. As of recording this, I will be two weeks post-op yeah, two when weeks post-op. it comes out. And I'm going to continue to update y'all on the later part of my recovery, but it's just been a lot that's been going on for me between, like, the medical recovering and all of the emotional processing to kind of get acquainted with my new body, so I just am not quite ready to share that yet, but look out for another podcast about that in, like, the coming weeks. We might release it as a bonus episode, mm-hmm. so there'll be also a Normal Gender Journeys episode. Yeah, we're kind of figuring it out, but... I appreciate the patience while I just kind of, I needed a little bit of space to process it before I'm ready to like tell it as a story. Again, though, like if you are currently getting ready for top surgery or especially if you're getting ready for top surgery with Dr. Fakeway or Dr. Moser, the gender confirmation clinic, we'll continue to include my Reddit profile in the episode notes. And you're welcome to reach out to me if you have like specific questions that are that you need answered in a timely manner. I'm happy to discuss it. I'm just not quite ready to like make it into a podcast yet. Yeah, yeah. And so we do have recordings of like sort of like an audio diary Mm -hmm. from Elle's recovery experience and just kind of like how the recovery went for them which it went well nothing nothing dramatic has happened i just i i get emotionally overloaded pretty easily so it's just been a lot for me yeah so we're gonna release those things as i'll said possibly as a bonus episode possibly as a full episode thank you for your patience yeah we will get to it you will hear it else top are doing extremely yeah my results are phenomenal so they look really hot so it's awesome (laughs) but yeah so in lieu of that What are we talking about on the podcast this week? Okay, so we're talking about something that literally just happened, like, moments ago. Like, we we just experienced this. Yeah, we literally... individual humans. We were walking home from a brewery that we love going to, and we were like, we gotta gotta go record a Gender Journeys episode about that. So, this is a brewery that we've been going to for almost two years now. More than two years now? It's been a while. It's been a while. And something that I've always loved about this brewery is their bathrooms are labeled... They have two bathrooms, and the labels have always said, one says, this bathroom has two urinals and one stall, and the other one says, this bathroom has three stalls. And that's all the labels say. That That's the whole... That's the whole... Shebang. The whole shebang. <laughs> and I've always found that so wonderful and affirming and great, and it is the only establishment that I've... I'm AFAB. I guess we just mentioned my top surgery, so y'all already know that. We've talked about you being AFAB on the podcast before, I think. We could have new listeners. We could have new listeners. Go back and listen to the rest of the podcast. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> anyway, I'm AFAB. Also, I guess you could probably tell from my voice, whatever. But this is the only establishment that I've ever felt comfortable going into the bathroom that has urinals in it. And 
Just to be clear, in case this wasn't already obvious, these bathrooms were clearly a man's and a woman's restroom before. Right. Like, at some point, like I mean, that's how they were built. That's how they were designed. That's how they were designed. Like, the men's restroom has two urinals and one stall, and the women's restroom has three stalls. And yeah. They've always clearly been gendered restrooms, and they just took the signage down and didn't say anything about the gender on the signage. That's what I've right. always loved. I've, and I think that that is in marked difference to some places that actively seek to be gender inclusive gender inclusive because i have seen ones that are like two stall one urinal two urinal one stall Mm -hmm. and like it's just like the balance is shifted in case you have a preference but these both have all the facilities and like this one is just this was a men's and a women's bathroom and this bar decided to take down the gender markers which is perfect too because that means that the bar didn't spend much money on this. This was a very easy renovation project. It required removing a sign and putting a new sign up. Right, exactly. And I also liked it because, again, it was just completely ungendered. Like, this was not about gender. Now, if you were a cis man and you wanted your fucking urinal, you had the information that you needed. If you were a cis woman or, I suppose, a trans woman, if you were anybody who was uncomfortable with the concept of urinals, you knew where the urinals were and you could avoid them. I don't think people are generally uncomfortable with the concept of stalls, but, you know, like, the urinals are... But if you required you- <laughs> a urinal, like, if you right. did need one, yeah. like... Yeah, if you needed a urinal, or if you needed a stall, like, you Or just- if you could use a urinal, and, and you wanted other, to. And the, all the, and the lines for the stalls were out the fucking door, like... Right! So there are options. And this was, again, the only establishment that I'd ever felt comfortable going in a bathroom that had urinals in it. And I never thought a lot about this. Like, I love that this brewery had this set up. It was something that I really loved um, and, like, would get a little bit happy about every time we went there. But I don't have a lot of anxiety around gendered bathrooms. I'm generally pretty femme. I definitely get gendered as femme consistently, though that could change with the whole top surgery thing. We'll see. And I don't have any issue using women's restrooms. I genuinely am still a little bit weird around urinals. Urinals are a weird concept to somebody who's always had stalls for bathrooms. You should you should have stalls around your urinals. The, the concept of whipping out your dick in front of people is weird. There's a lot of etiquette around how to space yourself in a urinal situation. Okay, but there's only two urinals in this bathroom and they're right next to each other, so there's no spacing. Well, yeah, don't use the urinal if somebody else is using the urinal. Duh. Unless well, you have really to. have to pee. <laughs> Unless you really do. Okay, so anyway, urinals are a weird concept. <laughs> this bar also, I mean, this this bar happens also have a very queer energy, so, like... They do. They have, like, drag shows and stuff. Yeah, so they probably, like, that, like, super hyper don't-take-the-middle-urinal energy probably doesn't really exist here anyway, And but... there isn't a middle urinal. I can't say this enough. There's only <laughs> two. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I never thought a lot about how much I love this brewery's bathroom setup, because, again, like, it's just not that serious to me. It never has been that serious to me. There was a period of time where I was pretty careful around bathrooms because it was more serious for Josie's comfort. Mm-hmm. I got hyper aware of it earlier in your transition just because... I used you- to really prefer using gender neutral bathrooms and single right. stall bathrooms. Right. Because like bathrooms could feel unsafe for you. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I just like, I don't have a lot of a drive to go in men's bathrooms anyway. Because again, urinals are weird. And also men overall are dirty and um <laughs> it's just never seemed like something that really appeals to me but he- here's what we found out so what we're leading up to is they fucking changed these labels and i found out that i was very attached to my previous labels because it like crushed me that right. they changed them right they changed them for context the ones that we interacted with the labels that we interacted with here and now 
are a sign that still has all of the information about the toilets. But, but it's in little tiny print. It's in little tiny print. And now there's a big sign that says, this is typical of a woman's And that's huge. Restroom. And then under it, it says, but like it, people of any gender identity or expression or whatever are welcome to use it. Again, in tiny print. Right. But it's like the sign that has tiny print, woman's tiny print. Right. Which... <laughs> Based on a conversation I had with one of the workers there and Yeah, the... I, I made Josie go ask because I really <laughs> wanted to know what I was... I, again, like, I just, I want to emphasize, because I think that this is important because sometimes it gets lost in all the trans right bathroom bills. I just was, I was so sad. Right. <laughs> I still, and this again happened less than 45 minutes ago. I'm still just like mm. caught off guard by how sad it made me. And notably, it was the first time that I've ever been in the like, women's or stalled bathroom in that establishment because i was no longer comfortable going in the other one as soon as there was men's on it right and so i think that from what i gleaned from speaking to somebody who worked there Mm -hmm. and from the slapdash nature of these signs yeah then i made made josie go and i made her look under them and like do some more investigation the the actual like the full signs were just like slapdash pieces of paper that had been laminated and like taped to the door Mm -hmm. underneath that you could see that they had quickly scrawled the words men and women in Sharpie where there had once been the cool signs. So my guess, and I don't actually know anything about the bathroom laws in Wisconsin. Maybe I should look it up before this podcast. But (laughs) Again, it happened very quickly. (laughs) It happened very quickly. But the guess that I have is that during COVID, Mm -hmm. because the bartender mentioned that it was a COVID-related change. Mm -hmm. During COVID, the health inspectors really cracked down on a lot of establishments to make sure they were following COVID restrictions. And there's probably some health code issue with having those bathroom signs if you don't literally say men's and women's on them. Mm -hmm. Like, that is... You probably have to one bathroom of each gender. Yeah. And so my guess is that they were threatened with some sort of litigation or license is- licensing issues if they or just didn't a fine or just a fine if they didn't change their thing and with the other economic pressures around the pandemic they made the decision to change the sides yeah i th- this is to me it feels strange because i lived through a big trans bathroom rights fight when we lived in massachusetts mm-hmm. and i remember being extremely stressed about it that was in what 2018 2019 2018 2019 yeah. it was uh i mean it was like it was during the midterms so it was 2018 yeah, because so i voted i voted it was a ballot measure just in case anybody who's listening is aware of it or was also there yeah it, it was, was the 2018 so, one yeah so it was in massachusetts there was a huge thing about whether or not trans people should be allowed to use the right bathrooms frankly so to me, this discussion, this argument kind of feels weirdly out of date. Like, I feel like right now, the, like, the big trans thing is the sports argument, which eventually we'll probably make a podcast episode about, but that's, it's complicated. It's complicated. It's, whoa, whoa, I'll, no, one plug. It's not that complicated. It's not People that complicated. People should be able to play their goddamn sports. But anyway, we'll talk about that. Later. But there are a lot of reasons why that's true. So <laughs> we'll have to get our, have to get everything all, all straight there. <laughs> no, not at all. But the bathroom rights thing is still far more relevant than I want it to be, especially considering like the the recent Tennessee law. Yeah. Where like they have to post a warning on the street that they let That's trans people use outside of their on the outside of their establishment. And so this is still a very real discussion and it is very strange. It was very strange living in the neighborhood that we do, which is extremely queer. So queer. And us going to a bar that we have known 
that has had these signs for this That's way for so long. That's the thing. Long. Something about it going backwards. Something about it going backwards. Because I don't think any like, of the other establishments we frequent, I'm trying to think, I don't think any other ones have actively gender-inclusive bathrooms. It's just that all the places we go... I have no worry about Josie going to the women's restroom. Yeah. I would have no worry about myself going in the men's restroom in these. Again, I just don't... That's never appealed to me. Right. Um, but, like, they're queer enough spaces that, like, I'm not... Like, they wouldn't be fucking mad, but they just kind of... It's one of those, like, normalized right. men's, men's and women's. For people in our situation where that is the case, where, like, we can safely use whatever restroom we want, right. regardless of the local legislation, it's still very odd to have an experience where you are very suddenly and abruptly reminded that the laws are still written against you in yeah. situations like this. Yeah. And I feel like that's part of what was very jarring for you, especially having just come from the recovery of your top surgery and a lot of very gendered and and ungendered things happening yeah. in your life like like just... anti-gendered around gender but specifically around my non-binariness yeah, yeah. Uh, i also so it sucks I, but i something else <laughs> i want to talk about is that the fact that this is the solution to the bathroom problem in my opinion the previous signs are the solution i think that's how we should right. always no. do it and i want to talk about how awesome they were because i didn't appreciate how awesome they were until it was ripped out of my hands right so the, the, the bathroom problem, quote unquote, in question yeah. is, it is very legitimate. You mentioned this earlier with your discomfort to go into, quote unquote, men's restrooms. It's valid for people to not want to be in the same room where people just like have their dicks out in the open. Mm-hmm. Urinals are pretty exposed. Also, not just the genitals thing, but like you're also peeing. That's something that's, again, supposed to happen behind a closed door. Like as somebody who's always used women's restrooms... You should, if you're peeing, or if anything is exiting your body, it should be behind a closed door. Right. And <laughs> like, so you like, can have discomfort with this for many reasons. Right. And so, like, this doesn't have to be, like, a gender panic thing. No. But, like, it is helpful to know what style of toilets are going to be in the restroom that mm-hmm. you are planning to use. Yeah. And something that Josie and I... So, another solution to the whole, like, gendered bathroom things. So, the, like stupid solution that doesn't actually help everybody is letting trans people use the bathroom of their choice. And the reason I say that doesn't help everybody is because non-binary people exist. Non-binary people exist. And I think very notably, and this is, I don't mean this as a call out, babe, but when I came back from the bathroom in this brewery, I was, again, like you could see it on my face that so I, I had had an experience that was not fun. And Josie was like, oh, what's happened? Um, and I was like, they changed their signs. They say men and women now. And Josie's immediate response was, you know, you're not a woman, right? And I was like, yes, but you see, I'm also not a man. Yeah. And Josie recovered very quickly by being like, you should have pissed on the floor. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think that that's the issue is like still ingrained in us is like, well, you should be allowed to choose. And that's like, that's small brain. We got to go big brain. You shouldn't have to choose between gendered restrooms. Restrooms should be ungendered. Right. So I think that's step one of my, of my, of my fixing the bathroom problem. We need to have ungendered restrooms. Mm-hmm. And then another way that that sometimes happens is those little signs. Have you seen them when it's like the little, the person with a skirt sign and then it's the person without a skirt and then it's one with like half a skirt and then half not a skirt and then like an alien and it's like whatever just wash your hands Mm -hmm. you know those cute little signs that's like the next level so now we've agreed that bathrooms shouldn't be gendered we're we're getting somewhere good however that doesn't give me enough information about what's behind this door right what if i want a urinal what if i don't want a urinal what if i want a single stall bathroom 
Yeah. What if I want to make sure, like, who's behind that door? Whoever put the sign up is fine with me using this bathroom, but what if there's somebody who's using a urinal behind that door and I'm a femme-presenting person and that makes both of us uncomfortable? Right. So that's, like, level one, but it's, it doesn't actually give me enough information. It's trying to be, like, cute and edgy, but it doesn't actually tell me anything. So why don't we just give people the details? Just tell them what's behind the door. Just be like, yeah. this is a single-stall restroom. This restroom has three urinals and a stall. This restroom has a billion stalls, you know, like at movie theaters where there's yeah. like a million stalls. Like, why not just give people the information that they need? Right, right. And like, <laughs> I feel like there is an argument. You just mentioned the the stadium idea, like the, the, the stadium style restrooms where mm-hmm. there is like, I think it's also like rest stops and airports where there's just like the sinks down the middle and then like stalls. Like as far truly as the like 50 stalls or something. And like, yeah. In those situations, because you've probably never been in the men's room side of those, and usually in the women's room side of those, it's one, it's like two long rows of stalls. In the men's room side of them, it's one row of stalls and one row of urinals. Okay. Often, it sometimes varies depending on like how the plumbing is set up and how the shape of the room is. Right. But like in those situations, it might be a little bit like unyieldy to say like 50 urinals, 25 stalls. But you can literally just say this bathroom contains both stalls and urinals. This one contains both just only stalls. Wow. Or we could just set those up so that one contains all urinals and one contains all stalls. I don't see why this is so complicated. Well, that one then, you, then one would just be the shit room for the men and that would be... An energy. Fine! (laughs) (laughs) Also, I'm sure there are men who prefer to pee in a stall. Like, I'm positive that those men exist. I I was, I mean, I have have never been a man. Let's see how that's straight. But also, I was one of those men. Exactly. Like, Like, there are people, and again, non-binary people. And intersex people. And people who are disabled who might need this information. Also, look at, like, the fact that we are... Well, I don't know how long we are into the podcast as it's edited, but we're 20 minutes into recording it, and we haven't mentioned the fact that disabled people of all genders can't use their urinals, as far as I know. and Or at least they have I'm sorry, further I, hurdles to further it, hurdles. depending on their particular ability status. And perhaps would appreciate further information. Yeah. And, like, no less than, like, one million times in my life, <laughs> as an anxious-ass bitch yep. and as a trans bitch, mm-hmm. have I walked up to a stall, like a door, like a door that <laughs> says restroom on it, and stared at, it's like, it's got like a handle, it clearly has a deadbolt, and I'm like, is it is single? this single stall? It, should I knock? And then I knock, and I don't get a response, but I open it, and there's like nine stalls in there, and somebody gives me a weird look, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I was hoping. I'm not gonna barge in here, like, and if it was... If this was the standard way that we labeled these bathrooms, then we could all just look at them and be like, I understand who is more likely to be using one of the other That's the thing, too. It's like, that's what was, again, it's shocking to me about this brewery change is like, I've literally referred to them with this language. I've, when I'm like using it as a shorthand, because we've talked about it before, because again, it's the only one that I've gone into a bathroom at the urinal, so it's been a conversation. And I've referred to it as, like, the bathroom that's set up for men or the bathroom that's set up for women. Like, we can still... I understand that those are, like... That's shorthand. Like, we we all understand. Nobody mm-hmm. reads a sign that's, like, this bathroom has two urinals and one stall, and then another sign that's, like, this bathroom has three stalls and doesn't gender it. That's how... Like, that's how our brains are going to function. Right. And, like, it's... It, like, I, it is just so clear. I just... It's just, like, why do you have to put it on it? Yeah. And I think that there is... An equal and opposite version of this, which is the fun, cutesy, gendered, cutesy, quote unquote, gendered 
Oh, God. Um, signs that are like shoppers and sporters or whatever the fuck no, they my, say. No, my, my, my favorite terrible one is about, I saw this like on the internet, but it was one that just said, one door said blah, like right in the middle. And then the other door, it was covered head to toe and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> wow yeah that's my that's my least favorite one but my favorite one was one that had a hot dog and a donut that see that's funny to me that's pretty funny <laughs> that's comical at the very least <laughs> at least it's funny and at not misogynistic at least it's just about genitals yeah and <laughs> equally useless is when there are two doors that are one is labeled this is a men's room and one is labeled this is a woman's room and they are both identical mirror imaged single stall restrooms and one has like a basket of feminine products oh in my it. god that's my least favorite it's so stupid my i've actually seen that where both also have a urinal i've seen yeah rooms that's that ha- a that are single stall and have a urinal because again that though that is probably some idiot white man's idea of what trans inclusivity looks like because women can have penises and i'm like you're right but you have just not taken it far enough right you have not you have only helped like the smallest narrowest group of people yeah and it's not enough it's not enough <laughs> and so with all of this pseudo rant in mind, this is just the easiest way to solve what is a very real societal debate. Like it's this a is a real issue. This is a real thing that people want, are, have I, very passionate views on. Right, and I want to be clear that, like, I think we've already made, we've already said this, but I want to really hammer it home. This is a real issue on multiple sides. It is very valid for cis women not to want to walk into a bathroom and have a man with his dick out. Yeah. Not because he's, like, fucking flashing. This is not, people don't commit sex crimes in bathrooms like that, especially not trans people. That's not what we're talking about. That's a fear-mongering argument that I'm just not willing it's a to very, touch. It's a very save-the-children argument. Yeah, no. if anything that we're is not, the, framed we, around save-the-children, just... We don't discuss those sorts of things on gender journeys. This is for higher-brow conversations. <laughs> it's a higher level of queer discourse. But, like, it is very valid for people to not want to see people with their genitals out and or people actively peeing. I mean, I think... I wouldn't want to see a, a person sitting down and peeing either. Again, urinals are weird. I have I haven't actually another really good example for this, which is there was a place back in Somerville, back in Boston, where uh-huh. where we used to live, mm-hmm. that had it was like a big open air market style place. I cannot remember the name of Save My Life. Go on. But their bathrooms were all unisex. They were labeled as unisex, and they had this like big long sign out front explaining why they had made that decision. But the bathrooms were still set up for men's and women's, and so there were urinals in some of them. Right. And I remember one time I was waiting in line to go to the bathroom there, and I really had to pee. And I was standing in line, and I was looking at a stall. There were, like, four people in front of me waiting for this stall, and there were just, like, there were four, at least feminine presenting people waiting for this stall in front of me. And I remember this story. Josie was also incredibly femme presenting in this moment. Were you wearing a dress? I was wearing a dress, yes. Yeah, go on. And... Coming in and out of the restroom next to this line of people were just men coming using the various urinals and then leaving, occasionally washing their hands. And <laughs> again, men are gross. Yeah. Sorry, men. But society, y'all are gross. <laughs> <laughs> On a societal level. And so I was sitting there. I really had to pee. This line was taking forever. And I was just literally like, I could just step out of this line and walk up to that urinal and use that urinal. But like, there were children around. And, and the save the children and the arguments s- that we don't discuss on this podcast, they're ingrained. They're ingrained. They're ingrained. And I think that part of it was a little bit of a like, I really don't want to raise a fuss in this restroom right now by walking over there and hiking my skirt up and taking my dick out and peeing into a urinal. Yeah, but why would that raise a fuss? Well, 
I think you pointing out that urinals should have stalls is why. Like, I think that, <laughs> True. honestly, even now with my updated views on how, whether or not that should raise any fuss, I'm like, it should raise a fuss because, like, that urinal should have a stall around it. Like, it's not that yeah. it is, it doesn't matter what clothing Children person, shouldn't see anybody's penis. Not children that children shouldn't see, see penises penis. that come out of dresses. I've seen a lot of strangers' penises in And that's a weird-ass statement. And it's a weird statement. And people are real. Maybe, is this why people are so concerned about trans women in, in women's restrooms? Is it because the men politicians who are so fucking concerned about that are so used to seeing strangers' dicks because nobody ever sees strangers' genitalia in women's restrooms. Can I just, like, get that the fuck straight right now? Nobody ever sees strangers' genitalia in women's restrooms. It just doesn't happen. If there are urinals in women's restrooms, they're single stall. So maybe maybe we need to have that conversation with the old white men politicians who are so worried about women seeing people's dicks in women's restrooms because they've been traumatized by how many dicks they've seen in men's restrooms. This is why there's so many politics around which which urinal you're allowed to take. Anyway, so did you whip your dick out of your skirt? No, I did not. I was too scared. I know. It could have been a real moment for gender equality, a real teachable moment for those children in there. But no, I did not do that. And like, in, in retrospect, I stand by that decision, but for I think I would have come at it for a different reason. I think yeah. that like, I would be uncomfortable openly. I mean, not openly. I'm not like standing three feet back from the urinal and arcing that shit. Like, <laughs> like you are so weird. They're so weird. But like, like urinal are semi-private. Like, yeah. there are the dividers between them usually, and you tend to get at least close enough to them that a stranger shouldn't be able to just look over and see your dick by accident. It still happens, but, like, that's the ideal. <laughs> but, like, nothing about a urinal can get around the fact that you can glance at somebody and, like, see their back and where their arms are and, like, hear the sounds and be like, I know exactly what you're doing. Again, like, I really am starting to think that possibly my, my issue with urinals is you shouldn't be present when somebody else is going to the bathroom. It's a weird energy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if anybody who listens to this is in those relationships where couples get over being able to, like, pee while one's in the shower, but Josie and I will never get there. It's not, <laughs> that's not acceptable. <laughs> right, right. So I just, I think that it's possible that the conversation about trans bathroom bills is just the wrong conversation. Oh, it absolutely is, as is a lot of queer equality, because, like, so this is, like, an overarching argument that I think we've made on here before, but let me just make it again in case in case anybody's new, and it's also a good one to remember. People like to include, quote-unquote, queer people, and often what they mean by, quote-unquote, queer people is white gay men, white cis gay men, and it's expanded a little bit beyond that. We have people like Caitlyn Jenner now, so we've moved on to white trans women. Often um, straight white trans women. Often straight white trans women, always rich white trans women who have access to all the uh, gender-confirming surgeries that make them not look scary, like men in dresses. And who are we never, ever, ever talking about? Like, never Fucking prisoners who are gender expansive. Fucking people of color who are gender expansive. Disabled people who are gender expansive. Something that keeps coming around my circles right now. Happy Pride Month, y'all. Is that... um, (laughs) This is our first Pride episode. Is that Pride Month, Pride events are almost never accessible to disabled people. Mm -hmm. But, so, like, that's part of this discussion. So, like, a lot of the trans bathroom discussions are literally... Can people choose which bathroom they want to use? But that is not tearing down the system, which, which is, is oppressive. Right. The system is oppressive. And the system and also... And by system, I mean, by system, I mean a lot of things. But in this very specific context, I mean the concept of gendered 
bathrooms. Yeah. Like, that, like, gender-neutral bathrooms rarely enter these conversations on, like, a national level. And when they do, it's like, we'll have one gender-neutral bathroom for this 30-story building, and it'll be on the, it'll be in the basement. (laughs) And, like, probably not fucking accessible to disabled people once again coming full circle. And certainly, again, like, we never have these conversations about the fact that, like, all welfare programs and prison programs are gendered right if you are involved in the correctional system at all even if you're not in prison it's a gendered process for you yeah so it's a fucked system up and down and i'm just we're just trying to expand the bathroom conversation a little bit right and like you you mentioned the the one gender neutral bathroom which is single <laughs> stall all the time in a 30-story building i worked in a building like that yep. for a while the single worst in boston and which was so liberal oh, they were so cool mm-hmm. also i mean those ones did happen to be relatively accessible for p- folks with disability they had like automatic doors opening and they were rel- they were large and they had the handrails and everything yeah but you worked in a lab where the bench is accessible oh goodness how no. many people of color worked at your lab I mean, there were quite a few people of color. How but the many was American, trying. black Americans worked at your lab? Uh, not enough. Uh huh. So, like, there's the like, in order to access the quote unquote accessible things, often you have to already have so much wealth yeah. that is systemically directed at white people, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. like, I brought. We were talking about this as well because the whole bathroom thing came up. I brought Josie to a gym in Boston. It was my gym in Boston. Before I brought her there, I went out of my way to make sure that like, y'all, do you have a gender neutral locker room? If I bring my partner who has a penis into the women's restroom and something happened, or the women's locker room and something happens, will we have your support? Like, will we, you know, will we be safe, etc.? And they were like, under Massachusetts law for locker rooms, we have to have them labeled as gendered, but we don't care and we support anybody who goes in. And we have a, like, um, quote-unquote staff restroom that people who are uncomfortable using the lock- the gendered locker rooms can use that Josie, uh, I think, ended up using. Mm-hmm. So that, that gym was doing everything that they could to be fully gender inclusive. Do you know how much it costs? $175 a month. Right. <laughs> so, like, and- it was not accessible already to be in that space. And, like, <laughs> this place was working on being more accessible to a variety of... Your lab, not the gym. The lab, sorry, yeah. Uh, that lab was working on being accessible to a variety of people from a variety of different backgrounds. When I left, they were. it was an active process. They very much had to, like, actively try and fix. Yeah. The thing that I was going to say was just super annoying about those gender-neutral bathrooms was that they were treated as bathrooms of convenience for people. So I would sprint to the only bathroom that I felt comfortable using during the like 10 minutes I had between reactions and someone would just be like doing their makeup in there. And I'd be like, I need this restroom. There's only three in the whole building. Yeah. Please let me in. And actually the place I worked in um, Boston was the same one. We had, what was it? 16 floors and there were three gender. No, there were two Mm -hmm. single stall bathrooms on the first floor. Yeah. And they were the only ones that were public as well. Weirdly enough. So like, Every floor had a men's and a woman's that was like, you had to scan a key card to get into the main part of the building, but there was like a cafe on the first floor and the bathrooms that were technically part of the cafe were gender neutral. Yeah. So like, that's not, that's not the solution. That's not it. That's not the solution. (laughs) And so in summary here, Mm -hmm. the trans bathroom argument needs to be expanded. Needs to be expanded. And And also we created a solution for you. You're welcome. Just list what the fuck is in the bathroom. And it works so well because people can know, you know what it means. Uh You know what it means when there's urinal in a bathroom. It means people with penises are probably going to be in there. Uh And 
Especially because urinals are only accessible to people with penises, so... I mean, you can use stand to pee devices. That's... You know what? You're so correct. Yeah. You're so correct. No, yeah. P- trans men have been using the men's restroom with stand to pee devices on urinals for a Again, while now. Again, I don't think a lot about bathrooms because I don't have that drive to use men's bathrooms, but you are so correct. Right. Anyway, go on. <laughs> but putting those things can help our non-binary friends not mm-hmm. feel alienated by the restrooms and also just provide more information because... Please tell me if this is a single stall restroom just or if it's not. Know. Just and tell also, me. Or if it's accessible or if it's like whatever. Like all of the things. You can put the information on the door and then everybody can make an informed decision like adults. Like adults. And like, that's perfect. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Nope. That's all we need. That's all we need. So we've both expanded the argument in this episode and also solved it for you. So you're welcome. Yeah. Get on, the, um, get on, that, uh, get on that legislation. But for real, if, if you have any control over the bathroom labeling in your space, your workspace... This is real. This is like a real thing you can do because you don't have to do anything. You don't have to change anything. It is literally just the labels on the door. So it is like, I mean, things are more expensive than you want them to be to get like the official labels. But like, this is something that like, you can actually make a change in your workplace with. Yeah. That's what I think is so powerful about this. This is real action that you can take. It's relatively affordable, does not require massive overhauling of your infrastructure. And either could be a cool thing that works because of the technicalities of your state's laws, or could be a really awesome display of uh, minor civil disobedience in support of trans people. And both of those things are really cool. So yeah, go ahead exactly. and do them. Exactly. We'll include the like written language of the signs in the, the, the show notes, just in case yeah. you actually want that written down, because you're now, right now, right in this moment, thinking, wow, I could talk to my manager. Do it. Check out the show notes. We got you covered. It's written down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up this week on Mm -hmm. Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I am joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Al. Bye, Al. And until next week, just keep thinking about it. Music for Gender Journeys composed by Sonia Berdash. If you want to stay up to date with Gender Journeys episodes or just want to say hi, you can follow us on Twitter at gender underscore journeys or on Tumblr at genderjourneys.tumblr.com. You can also find us online at josiewrites.com slash gender journeys. We hope to hear from you soon.